The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? America, you've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth insanity. Stand up comedy? You want stand up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit down comedy. It's time for Coffee with the Dog. You make me laugh. You give me gas, it's more like it. You give me gas. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't know. All right. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning, people of Earth and other planets, too, I guess. If you're on another planet, please do download the app and tell your friends on whatever planet you're on. Today is Friday. We like Friday. Friday, uh, September 29th. 2023, the day the United States federal government will shut down later today. I think at midnight, right? Anyway, uh, if you work for the government, that means you're probably not going to be getting a paycheck uh, next week. Um, Lots of services will end. Your uh, national parks will be closed. All to protect one Donald Trump, who it's not going to end up protecting anyway. The judiciary is going to work, even though they're not going to get paid. It's not going to work. But that's what they're trying to do. Make no doubt about it. Because the continuing resolution, the deals that were made, were made months ago. The uh, Republicans got everything they wanted from Biden months ago when we went through this. Uh, But Donald Trump said shut down the government, and they're all obliging. If you don't think that's a fucking cult, you got a, a nothing going on between the ears. I'm sorry. Um, if you bet on my pick last night, you lost the house. I'm sorry. Uh, and that whole stuff about moving in with me, that ain't happening. Uh, so you blew it. You trusted me. You fucked up. Uh, sorry about that. But you still have a chance to redeem yourself. I have a chance to redeem myself. Although you're probably out of money to bet now because you lost everything last night. Sorry, man. Uh, That's the problem with going 0 for 1 on the big one. I really blew that last night. Anyway, uh, all I could say is sorry. Uh, And I could say sorry and you're not moving in here. Anyway, 
Uh, I keep saying anyway. Uh, Willie just sent me something. Oh, it's, 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 man, it's audio I asked him to do last night. I told him there was no rush on it. Anyway, um, there is no sunshine here. It's still cold and rainy. And I, I hope you have it. I sincerely hope you have a beautiful day wherever you are. Here, it is still depressing. And I am, I don't want to, I don't want to be a doom and gloom guy, but it's kind of my nature. Uh, I'm foreseeing, this is my prediction. I hope my prediction goes as well as my pick for football last night. I hope, uh, but I'm predicting uh, my farmer's almanac or I don't my non-farmer's almanac is saying this is going to be a cold and dreary autumn and uh, winter. And I guess all we could do is just deal with it. That's all we could do. Diane Feinstein has finally given up her seat in the Senate. Uh, not that she has resigned. She died. Uh, rest in peace, Diane Feinstein. Now, she she should have, um, obviously, she'd been crazy as a loon for the last couple of years. She should have taken that time and lived a life. She spent that her last days trying to serve in the Senate without a clue about what's going on. She didn't know what to do. She was like Glenn Campbell at the end of Glenn Campbell at the end of his life. Uh, there was a documentary, and it, his wife asked him what day it was. I don't know. What year is it? I don't need to know that. That was Diane Feinstein. Uh, now, she lived a life in public service, but um, and I'm not trying to be cruel here. But she should have given up the ghost a long time ago. Not necessarily died a long time ago. But uh, she should have given up her seat probably a couple of decades ago. But the thing is, with politics, it's so fucking addictive. Maybe this is the problem why I can't get on radio any anymore. Because I just keep with the F-bombs. It's like I've, I've lost the ability to say a sentence without some profanity in it. Uh, but this is the problem. I mean, <laughs> the addictiveness of the power and prestige that goes with the office makes it impossible and the money. Let's, let's not forget about the money. The dirty money that's coming in makes it impossible for people to walk away, do the right thing. I don't know. Obviously, I should know. If I had a civics class in high school, I probably would know this stuff. I don't know where we go from here as far as filling that seat, uh, whether there's going to be a special election or, I don't know, uh, we're going to try and work it into um, election day this year? I don't know. Do you know? If you know, inform me. I'll probably look it up at, later on today to see exactly what the process is. Um, but, yeah. Uh, good morning, GD. GD's in the, and, and good morning, Kelly, as well. Uh, GD's in the chat room. He said, but Glenn Campbell remembered all his songs. That's true. He, he could, that's the uh, mystery of music. And I've talked to lots of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia experts about that phenomenon. Because uh, music seems to bring the brain back to life, the, the human spirit back to life. Uh, and I will be witnessing that firsthand later on today when I will be playing for 
quite a few people uh, who are afflicted. It's very weird, the phenomenon of music and um, its effect on uh, people who, for no other way to explain it, have lost their mind, have lost their personality, have lost who they are. And it brings them back to life. It is, it's like a miracle. It's magic. It's unexplainable. And there has been no explanation for it to date. Uh, later on today at 10.15, we're expecting Ray Shunky. Ray Shunky was uh, the first Polynesian NFL player. He played for the Redskins. And this, uh, you know, part of, he's written a book called Fat Girl Sings. It's about a lot of things. It's about his life. It's kind of a memoir. Uh, he's been very successful in business and he, political campaigns, believe it or not, very active in the Clinton campaign. Um, not Hillary. <laughs> Bill. Um, I'm sorry with the, uh, I'm still sneezy and uh, I'm complaining. I'm a chronic complainer. I have chronic complainitis. Um so Ray Shunky will be here later on today. Uh, I'm interested uh, to get, first of all, his take on racial identification. and Because the Redskins uh, are no longer the Redskins. They are the Washington Commanders now. And I don't think it, being a person who was not mainstream whitey guy in the NFL, a lot of black players in the NFL, uh, I don't know if there were any Asians in the NFL. None that I can remember uh, during those years. Uh, and Polynesians in in the NFL, the racial disparity. I wonder if he was sensitive at all to the you know this issue about why the Redskins had to change their name to the Commanders. I don't think it was a thing then. And by a thing, I mean white people didn't recognize it as a thing. And I don't, honestly, I don't think Native Americans truly ever gave a fuck about that. I mean, again, I, this is, I say this so many times. In New Mexico, where I was, it was, I was the minority. And there were a lot of uh, Chicanos. There were a lot of Indians, of Native Americans who called themselves Indians and preferred Indians. They did not like to be called Native Americans. And quite a few Redskin fans, and I never heard one of them complain about Redskins as a name. Uh, and you know, we're talking a long time ago, and maybe they just weren't speaking up, but I believe that the name change stuff was the product of white people white liberals who who just uh, felt guilty about all that stuff and you know, maybe there's guilt maybe rightfully so but that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean that the the people who were affected by it were the ones uh calling for change i don't think that was the case i don't think anything happens until white people make it happen <laughs> I, I mean, on political change and and political correctness. I don't mean building stuff. Obviously, uh, uh, America was built on slave labor. We don't like to recognize that. 
because that doesn't change anything. That doesn't change. They're not changing names of football teams or anything. They're not even recognizing that uh, on a lot of ways. But I, again, coming back to my point, I don't think Native Americans were behind the name change of the Redskins. The Braves are still called the Braves, right? Atlanta Braves. I don't know. We'll talk to Ray about what his feelings on it. But a lot of things, uh, racial identification within the uh, National Football League at that time. And I want to find out if he finds the John Prine song that I do quite often. People think I wrote this song, too. When, when I, whenever I perform, it's called Let's Talk Dirty in Hawaiian. Is that offensive? I would think it would be. We'll get Ray's take on it, though, later on. He'll be here at 10.15. Oh, Glenn's Glenn's saying uh, Governor Newsom will appoint a replacement center. But that's not long-term, right? That's short-term. And then there has to be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they, you know what? Uh, Ray is here now. I, I was expecting him at 10.15. I'm, I'm prepared now, and I would rather do it now. Uh, Ray Shunky is here. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take a really quick break uh, for the commercial stuff, get this stuff out of the way, and when we come back, we're going to meet Ray Shunky, and we'll talk to him about some of the things I was just talking about. I was thinking he's in Hawaii, and 10.15 was really <laughs> very early for him. Maybe he's on the East Coast or something. Anyway, uh, I'll be right back. True Fire is our sponsor today. Uh, you know all about True Fire. Best place to learn guitar or uh, learn guitar online from some of the greatest players and teachers in the game. True Fire, check it out. <laughs> Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFire. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with TrueFire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. TrueFire style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations, and track your progress as you work through your personalized TrueFire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, TrueFire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar and ignite your musicality. Sign up free for an all-access trial today. Willie's here. 
You're muted, Willie. You, you're muted. There you go. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Uh, good you're morning. late for work. I what? You're late for work. Okay, you're so uh, that's actually a question that I want to ask you because uh, we never really talked about it, and so <laughs> I'm always I'm always unsure. It should I. Should I just be in the back, like before the show starts? And you can yes, you in should. Whenever? Yes, you okay. should. You should be. I thought HR made this clear to you. We're going to have to put you on a performance improvement plan. Uh, we're going to have to dock your pay, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, good morning. How's the weather where you are? Um, I mean, it's a little overcast. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, it's not terrible though, but it's. Uh, we saw, we got, we got like an early winter here. here too, though. Like even when it, like when it doesn't rain, it still looks cloudy and overcast for the last. Like it's been like that ever since I've been here. Pretty much, there was like, there's been two like really really sunny days, but it really, uh, it's South Dakota, so it it changes like four different times throughout the day. All right. Yeah, I, I um, think we got an early winter here. I, I, it. it Generally, this time of year is beautiful. This is the best time of year right. in New York. It's it's generally like seventy, sunny, uh, not you know, not oppressively hot, not cold. It's just a, be- a great time of year. But it's been raining for eight days now. Eight days. I blame well, scientists. Huh? I blame scientists. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, but- I mean, you know that they manufacture like rain clouds and shit now right like that's the thing they're doing (laughs) not on long island they don't no no no, but okay hang on hang on sure of course not on long island but um what what i the reason i bring that up bro is is because like you know everything on this planet is pretty much kind of an ebb and flow you know what i mean like 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 shit has to go the way it's kind of supposed to go you see what i'm saying like i know and uh Uh, i think that creating moisture because that's what they're doing they're putting more moisture in the air you know what i mean on on a planet that's already 70 percent water like like something to me says that if i put more water on a planet that's mostly water god that's going to create a lot of different kind of problems don't you think Yes, I do. Uh, I just want to announce a trade. You know, a trade has been made uh, in the National Podcasting League. We have traded you to the Flat Earth uh, podcast for a player to be named later. Uh, it just came across the wire right now. You will be uh, playing for the Flat Earth team uh, come Monday morning. We got your jersey. So, so my career is over. That's what you're telling me. You're, you're well, telling me- flat. No, actually, it's probably a, uh, you. You have a shot at the championship now because uh, I got no chance of going or, up. I know or, that There's or the no- playoffs because the flat uh, flat Earth uh, podcast does so much better than this show does. I mean, there are there probably. I don't know. They inflate their numbers, but I would say they're probably five million loyal uh, flat earthers, dedicated, uh, complete flat earthers. Anyway, we have to get to a guest, uh, and uh, I thought he wasn't coming on until ten fifteen, but he's oh, here that's now. Great. Uh, yeah. I'm glad he's here. Uh, before we bring him on, um, football last night. Uh, I hope you you did not take my advice and bet the house or the ranch on on. 
Green Bay. I don't know what happened. I think maybe it was rain cloud. Green Bay was uh, involved in, in manufacturing rain clouds or something when they yeah. should have been playing football. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were. So let's get to. I'm sorry, but there is a chance for redemption if you did not bet the ranch or all your money on Green Bay. You could start over, and believe me, I'm not going to screw up again. The rest of my picks are locked. Every last one of them. It was just every last, last night. one of them. Every uh, one of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, All right. well, I was a little bit lazy in picking that Detroit game, and you know what? The Lions, maybe they're for real. Maybe uh, you know what? I think I'll guess. We'll, we'll the Lions, right. the Lions are leading the division, bro. I know, and they, you know, they've won some impressive games already this year. So, yeah. uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name, his last name right. Ray Shunky was um, among the earliest I'm Polynesian. Sure that's right. I hope so. Uh, he was among the earliest Polynesian NFL players and was inducted, inducted to the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame in 2015. He had a 12-year career as an offensive lineman. That's pretty offensive. Offensive lineman with the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Redskins. Yeah, I could just see, like, you're getting cancel culture because he's an offensive lineman. That's offensive. Um, I'm sorry. I'm getting sidetracked here. Uh, Dallas Cowboys and Washington Redskins, which I want to talk about, uh, the name. In 2002, he was selected as one of the top 100 players in the history of the Redskins, not the Commanders, the Redskins. He is a retired CEO of Shunky and Associates, a firm specializing in design and funding and administration of executive compensation and benefit programs for large, private, and publicly traded companies in the Mid-Atlantic region and Hawaii. And he's the author of a new book called Fat Girl Sings. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ray Shunky to uh, Coffee with the Dog. Ray, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Uh, now, bef before we get started here, a couple of things. Go ahead. Um, first of all, the Washington Redskins are now the commanders. When you were playing, was that an, was the name an issue? It was never an issue for me, and I, I tried to uh, explain to people and defend the name the Redskins. I'm, I'm Hawaiian, so right. I... I certainly understand being called names and racism is a big deal in my life. And, uh, and, and when I, uh, we had a, a home in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico for a while. And I went out to the reservations and talked to the, uh, uh, the members of the tribe and asked them how they felt about that. And they said, guess what? The name of our football team is called the Redskins. Right. You know, I said, so what's the deal here? He said, you know, it, it isn't a problem for us. It's a problem for everybody else. I don't think right. for everybody else. And, and I, uh, I kind of started with that this morning because I went to school in New Mexico and knew a lot of Native Americans, and they called themselves Indians. They didn't even know, like, the term Native Americans at, at that time. But nobody had a problem with Redskins at that time because they were they – were, there was a Redskins team in their junior league then. So yeah, you know, I think so it's it, white people like, <laughs> well, you know, it, uh, it, well, what I, I encouraged the ownership of the team to said, you know, you know, try to, what the Indians are on, on the reservation need is help financial right. help. They leave yeah. it for jobs or schools, help them out, put money into it and, and really embrace the name. Of course that went, you know, in one ear and out the other, they're looking at me like I'm crazy. But really, if you want to cherish the name, then do something about it. 
that's the best way to handle it. You're absolutely right. If you if yeah. you care if you care about the people, do something for the people. The name change is not really helping them in any way. Good point. Well, and I would say I would say that if they were active in those kind of ways and doing those kind of things regularly, I don't think anybody ever would have tripped on them. Yeah, nobody would have said a word. Yeah. Uh, right. If anything, they would have praised uh, the Redskins operation right. for what they were doing. But, you yep. know, that went on deaf ears, you know, and I was, you know, I was trying to promote something and, and save the name because it, I, I cherished my 10 years with him. I mean, I had a wonderful career, uh, right. you know, had played on some great teams, great players, played against, you know, some of the all time pros, uh, Hall of Famers. So I, I cherish those times. Will you uh, now? Uh, I want to come back to. Well, let me ask the the, the next question first, because I want to talk about your football career too, and and I want to know if you were there when uh, Lawrence Taylor uh, ended Joe Theismann's career. <laughs> That's what I want to know. But um, I wasn't. You weren't there. Okay, so we. we but I was just before that. Okay. Yeah, I thought you might have still been playing at that time. So. No, I wasn't. I, Joe was uh, was a young rookie when. Uh, when I was playing, I had to sort of counsel him on how to behave himself. Wow, very cool. Well, uh, you didn't do a very good job on that. <laughs> well, and, uh, behave himself, you know, and uh, uh, the way he, he strutted around, I said, you got to be careful, kid, you know, because yeah. uh, a lot of people may take your actions in the wrong way. Right. Um, you don't want to get hurt. I sing I sing with a band and I sing a song, a John Prine song called Let's Talk Dirty in Hawaiian. Do you know the song? No, I don't know that song. In, in, I, I wanted to know if you felt. in Hawaiian. Yeah, because it's, I, I would think, because we're talking about name change and racial identification, it kind of mocks the uh, natural language uh, of Hawaii. And I, I'm thinking that's offensive. And I didn't even think about it until uh, you were uh, scheduled to be on the program. Like, how do people react? Because it's a silly song. It's meant to be silly. Well, uh, you know, the Hawaiian language is a dead language. Uh, my mother spoke it and as a child. Uh, and, uh, and, and a lot of the elder Hawaiians uh, spoke Hawaiian. Uh, there's a Hawaiian school called Kamehameha, and they teach Hawaiian. But for the most part, it, the song is, I mean, the words of Hawaiian language is only kept alive in slang or in song, and that's it. Wow. But, so maybe, maybe I'm not going to get in trouble for that. I've been doing it for 30 years, and nobody has ever said anything. Yeah, you know, so it's. <laughs> but you never know. Nobody said anything about the, the Redskins for all those years either. That's right. Somebody... Well, you just want to be careful when you're in Hawaii. You don't want to piss <laughs> off some. Moke, you know, we call them mokes. You know, these are big Hawaiian guys, right. and they're not very nice. <laughs> right. right now, your your book is called "Fat Girl Sings." I want to know the significance of the title because um, I think you know this. Oh, I don't want to put it over your face. I, it, Wait, no, that's like, all right. Put it up there. Put uh, it up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> there we go. Fat girl Smart sings. Guy. That's me. That's me as a ten year old. Right. I. But I'm wondering about the significance of the title though because i thought i think it comes from it ain't over to look to the fat lady sure. sings right well, I, but that that wouldn't it uh suggest that it's over like it's not over for you you no, still have a lot that of, was just the beginning okay <laughs> that was the beginning not well, fat the, girl though the, the song hasn't ended yet the song <laughs> hadn't ended it just began okay that girl sings was really uh a result of as a 10 year old hawaiian kid who was fat, 
sweet and nice and brown, uh, was going to school in Texas. Uh, and uh, in the fifth grade as a 10 year old, the ki older kids, particularly the sixth graders, started calling me fat girl. Oh. And uh, to humiliate me. Right. Uh, and then they would gang up on me. And uh, the big thing back then, I don't, I'm sure it was the same in your schools too. They would take your pants off in front of everybody. Wow. Uh, and that was a big deal. And so yep. they would surround me, grab me and pull my pants down and laugh. And, and kids who were watching in the window would laugh. And, and that really stigmatized me. <laughs> right. No. A great deal. Uh, yeah. And it really uh, hurt me. And so I had to deal with that, uh, those taunts and that bullying. Uh, so then I get up to uh, junior high. Now I'm now in the seventh grade and I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm really excited. I've got on my bike and I, I come up there and, uh, and the word gets out that the eighth and ninth graders are going to take your pants off after school. And I say, holy moly, you know, I got to do something about this. So I started hiding my bike at the back of the school. And then one of the teachers comes out and says, what are your bike doing back? You got to park it in the front of the school. And I didn't want to do that because I knew the, the guys who were going to find me, they, they right. would get me. So anyway, so I parked my bike. And then the, this was like for the first week of school. And then on a Friday, I said, well, I just got to face up to it. So I walk out there. And these guys all surround me, these eighth and ninth graders. And uh, and so I'm they're calling me names and they're calling me fat girl. And uh, then one kid comes up and punches me in the face. And I'm bleeding and I'm stunned. I'm totally stunned. Uh, and the principal comes out, he breaks everything up. He takes me up to his office. And he says, Raymond, you're going to have to learn to do something about this. And I was going to say, what am I supposed to do? And he didn't tell me. So the next time I get out and then I'm now playing catch with some friends on, on the side of the school. And these ninth graders come over and they start they steal our football. And I said, screw this. So I went after them and I tackled them just knocked them right straight to the ground. And now we're playing on, this is cement tennis courts. And I hit the ground and I scrape up my face, but they get their knees, their backs, their face. And I really hurt them. And I said, don't take our football. And then I get up and they, guess what? They do it again and again. And I keep tackling them and I keep hitting them and hitting them. And I become uh, incredibly powerful, at least in my own mind. And so then as, a, as I continued to uh, uh, go through school in the eighth and ninth grade, and then I want to play football and, uh, and I want, I'm moving up to the, the ninth graders and I, I go into uh, the locker room and the, and the high school kids come in and uh, one of the big guys on the team looks at me, comes there and slugs me right in the stomach. And I'm gasping for air and I just jump up and try to hit him in the face. He said, don't you ever do that to me. I said, well, don't you ever hit me. And what it, it happened, what happened from that point on was there was this constant need for me, for whatever reason, to be singled out and attacked. 
and I need had I needed to learn that I needed to protect myself. And what I learned was that there are bullies everywhere, and that you, you don't take them on, they're going to make life miserable for you. And this has continued, which is crazy. I know this is it was hard to believe that when I had a very successful business, there are people who are still trying to bully you that oh, were yeah. business people. Right. We, you know, we, they were, we had one that was president uh, not too long ago. Yeah. You mean, exactly it's, you, that. you get a guy like that walks into your, your office or building and, and demands that, you know, that you stand up and he demands respect. Then you have to figure out how are you going to deal with that? He's an asshole. Or are you going to say, no, he's not. He's an asshole, but I'm going to kowtow to him. And then that. So I had to learn those lessons early. I didn't learn them early, but I also learned that if somebody bullies you, you need to take them on right then and there. And as I got older and as I moved up through the chain, particularly when you get into professional football, where you would think that you wouldn't have people would try to bully you because, you know, it's a violent game. Right. And yet they too try to bully you and they can't, you know, which is credible football players and the professional level can be bullied. Yeah. That's yeah. what's so yeah. nuts. though. you wouldn't I, think that I would think that, uh, uh, you know, I was bullied as a kid and then I got big. And for a time I was, I was becoming a bully when I was getting big. I was in the weight room every day and I was getting used. But then I realized that I was becoming what I hated and, and what I, right. what victimized me. But I got a question for you on that because and this has been a very weird week, and we'll talk about coincidences and stuff, but this week started off with a guy who was uh, talking about masculinity and how men have lost masculinity and all this kind of stuff. But a lot of this, you know, questions like, comes to the question of what, how do we define men and all this stuff. But in the terms of bullying, you were a strong kid. Obviously, you had a, uh, what, what you had, a resilience and toughness about you, even though you, you maybe didn't identify that yourself as that, but to put up with it. But not every kid who is bullied, some kids are small and frail, and they if they stand up, they could end up really getting very badly hurt. No? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So do they, should they still stand up? Yes, to it, they no matter still how? should stand up. You bet. Because bullies are cowards. That's what you got to remember. Yeah. They may it's be the big, resistance. strong, they black, white, yeah. Asian, you name it. They're, they're, they're really cowards. And once you can yeah. get that in your head, a little guy can take on a big bully and hurt him. Right. Right. But you got it. Like, the, really? the problem with it, it takes enormous courage to do that for a little person to do it. I'm, I was bigger. Right. It took, you know what I mean? But I was dealing with gangs of people, right? Yeah, you know, and uh, and I had to stand. You know, what does it take? You know, it's scary as shit, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I, then, I then think... it, you, it wasn't so crazy. Then you get into the NFL, and goddamn, the same thing starts all over again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think life is cycle, cyclical like that. It will come around, and you'll have to learn the same lessons over and over again. That's another thing. I stopped believing in co coincidence a long time ago. I think 
what I do here is trying to teach me stuff. I'm just a really slow learner, and I have to keep learning these same lessons over and over again, which is uh, why you're here today teaching me again about a lesson I should have learned uh, several times during these conversations. So, uh, but that that whole idea about you know standing up to people because I was talking about tough love. I believe in tough love, but I also have regrets that sometimes this idea of standing up to a bully, if it backfires and the kid gets beat up really bad, then I'm going to feel incredibly guilty and like I gave him the wrong advice. <laughs> you know, that, that that's a, something I struggle with. Well, I tell you, if you get beat up, you might, you still feel good about it. At least you stood up. Right. You know? At least that's you stood the up thing. You know, you it, yeah, there's no, a price. There's true. a price, you know, yeah. when you play the... You know, as as I you know, I've spent a lot of time on a, on the football field, and you pay a price. I mean, right. you get the shit beat out of you, uh, but you, hopefully, well, you, you know, you, you also sure. delivered a lot of blows yourself. You know what? I'm yeah. going to do this so I can put the book up here. I'm going to put you there so I Are can. Are you going to buy a lot? Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. go. We'll cover me up. Um, anyway, what can you? What was the purpose of writing the book? Did did you uh, did you do well, it? Well, you know, I, I I was contacted by a couple people that, in the sports world that wanted to do a book, you know, and they wanted me to do a book with them. And every time we tried to start it, it never did worked out. And then finally, I said, you know, guess what, guys? I think I'll just do my own thing. Wow. And uh, so I started writing the book. Uh, and what I found out in writing this book. <laughs> is that uh, uh, my story really started, you know, as I shared with you earlier, as a 10-year-old uh, being called fat girl. And, and being right. called fat girl gave me strength to motivate me to take on bullies. Right. And, uh, and as I progressed, I became, uh, it's like a transition from a sweet kid, sweet brown kid and I was a nice kid. I wasn't mean. I didn't, I wasn't a bully. I didn't hurt people, but I was picked on. And so I had to learn to deal with this. And as I shared with you earlier, the, the principal said, Raymond, you're going to have to learn to deal with this. Right. And, and it, and what I surprised me that bullying continued all the way through my life. And I told you about it. And even in the NFL and in the NFL, there are guys who can't deal with bullying. Yeah. I mean, I had a player come to me and said, this guy's grabbing my face mask. He's a defensive tackle, big one, strong, 280 pounds, 280 pound tackle saying, this guy is grabbing my face mask, the, the offensive player, which is illegal. I said, right. just grab his hand and pull straight down and you'll break his wrist. <laughs> and he looked at me like, oh, that's really bad. I said, you goddamn right that. Break his fucking wrist. Right. Well, and, you're and he gonna, he's going to break your neck by grabbing the yeah, face mask. Yeah, but he mask, couldn't right? do it. He said, I can't do that. I, you know, I, I shake my head. What do you mean you can't do that? This is the NFL. Man, you, right. you can do that. And he, and right. he didn't do it. So he, his life was miserable. Wow. Did he, now, did he have a long career? Because I would think if well, he, he, he played, well, he was he was a very gifted athlete. He was a defensive tackle. He was big. He was six six. He weighed two seventy. He was fast, quick, strong. But he was a he was a nice guy. Yeah. So it, it, in football, nice guys. We all block, tackle hard. We hit hard. But then there's that element that somebody has a screw in their head, and they decide that they want to do something dirty, and right. instead they grab your face mask. And uh, and they try to pull it up and try to forearm you in the face. And when you, yeah, 
And when you get you know, a form in the face, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but your head goes flying backwards and it hurts. Right. Then you yeah. come back and say, hey, mother fucker, don't ever <laughs> do that again. And boom, he does it again. Wow. So then what do you do? You, gotta, you go you gotta back to in. your, you know, to the ref and say, ref, did you see that? And the ref says, I mean, no, I didn't see that. that. <laughs> <laughs> then you say, well, what am I going to do? I got to do something. So what do you do? Well, this is what I did. I grabbed the guy's face mask. I jerk it up. I take, I had uh, pads on my hands and I had, uh, my wrist would, would block. When I hit people with my fist, they keep them from buckling. I had a, a fiberglass cast on it. So it locked it. Then I put sponge on it. So when the refs come by to touch it and make sure it was soft, but I left the edges open. So I had like brass knucks on. So when I pull that face mask up and I started throwing my fist underneath it, I started cutting people up. I mean, cutting his nose, his face, his hair. And he wow. couldn't get away from me because I had his face mask. He's 6'6". Six, six. I'm 6'4". <laughs> so he's here. He's jumping all around. And I'm just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and people are jumping on flags are flying every way. The refs say they break it up, offsetting penalties, blood streaming down his face. And I said, look, motherfucker, you want to do this every play? And stop that shit. <laughs> and guess what? He stops. Wow. Yeah. Very so you cool. get people's attention, but you have to, there are times in life where you have to take, you know, things in your own hands or you have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely hear you. I mean, again, I, I, I believe in what you're saying because for me, uh, the only way out of bullying was to get a backbone, stand up to it and, and face it. And once you do that, they see that and then they start to leave you alone. But I always feel nervous about giving that advice because I would never want to be the reason some kid got really, really. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's scary. I mean, I, you know, uh, but I, 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 I strongly feel yeah. regardless of size and who you are. And if you need, if you're small and then grab a pipe or something, uh, but bullying is not to be tolerated. Wow. It's, it's not acceptable. And, and it comes in all forms. I mean, I, you know, I, when I was in the business world, I had agreements drawn up and, and I was in a large marketing group and uh, I had a mid Atlantic region as my re as my, my territory. Nobody was supposed to come into it unless they called on me. Then I get a call from one of these large publicly traded companies in the region, and it was the Marriott Corporation. And they said uh, we had a call by by somebody who represented your 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 organization, your national organization. And I and I said you did. So I called them up. And I said, "What's the deal here? I thought you were supposed to call me. I thought I had the, we had an agreement that you're not supposed to do that." He said, "Well, you know." We, you know, don't worry about it, Ray. It's not a big, I said, it's a big goddamn deal. This is part of my livelihood. You're supposed to agree. Right. You know, you're supposed to call me if you're going to do something like that. You didn't call me. So, well, yeah. I said, let me tell you something, buddy. If you show up one more time and I catch you, you're never going to make it back to the airport. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I will break your fucking back. Wow. I said, uh, what do you mean? Or I'll shoot you. <laughs> I don't you know. It. This is my livelihood. Get it through your goddamn head. We have an agreement. Honor it. And, it, it but but you know, it, life. That's you know, you have that in all phases of life. And you look, we look at the former president who went around and bullied everybody, and he got people kowtowed to agree to him. 
And the only way you stop people like that, you got to stand up to them. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, but uh, you know what? That kind of language, because I've been in the business world too, and I got away with that a lot. But in today's world, I don't think uh, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> you could, and that's even well. You you know even, you can file a lawsuit. You you can go to lawyers and have them do it. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because even the, with the young thing, like, you know, it would be great. You know, I I hear somebody like you talk about overcome bullying and I'm like, oh, I wish this guy could, you know, like speak at schools and stuff, but a school wouldn't even want you to say, stand up to your bully. They don't want you to do that. They want you to be non-confrontational and diplomatic and they don't understand that, uh, bullies aren't fucking diplomatic. Yeah, you know that use your word stuff can be uh, overplayed. Absolutely, yeah, you know that yeah. kind of. Yeah, you can't you can't necessarily reason with a bully. Yeah, and but uh, like putting the fear, like I put the fear of God in some people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like for for real, and like and I hate that. I hate it when I get that mad that I even want to say those things. Right. And but but uh but yeah, it's really not. Uh, can't do it today especially right. like like if you're a bigger person uh because now there's there's you can literally get charged with assault by saying something <laughs> you can get in at least in south dakota you can i know that for sure yeah yeah, yeah absolutely well um, if they, you know, if they everything's believe, relative everything's yeah relative. If, they, if they believe that it's a threat they like if they believe in your threat, then you can totally. Well, I mean, it, it, you have to decide if and when it's appropriate. You know, and, right? Uh, Very true. Very. Yeah, uh, you know, and you can't you, be being being recorded. Like if you if you're in a business meeting and and somebody has really <laughs> stepped on your toes, you have to be pretty sure you're not being recorded when you say. I'll shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll yeah. break your back, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. not going to go over. You look, or cause, you know, well, yeah. you know, it depends on what kind of meeting. It depends on who the members are. Right. And, uh, this, and so, you this, you know, you pick and choose. Evidence. But, you know, when, when I was uh, confronting these professionals, I mean, I would had a major business going, and I had a partnership with these people, which we had millions of dollars at stake, millions. And they, they were violating the agreements. So, right. then, you know, what do you do? And they laugh at you. Yeah. When you say, I, well, you know, you, you're not supposed to do that. Right. You know, yeah. Right. We don't, you know, the rules are only rules if people live by them. And if nobody's going to enforce them, people are going to break the rules. That's human nature. Before we go any further, I just want to say the link, uh, there's a shortcut link to Amazon there that's going across the bottom. It's in the description where people can get the book and, and, and order it today. Uh, so, it, you know, it's on, it's on all the places we're allowed to put links in and it's going across the screen in case you need to just jot it down and go there. Um, so I want to talk about like, your football career is over and now starting business. Uh, that is that a scary time? Like your football career is over. Did you know what you were going to do after football? Did you have that planned? No, no. I I, I really uh, learned very early uh, when I was with the Cowboys. Uh, I was going to law school, going to night law school, and trying to play professional football. And I became a starter my second year. And then I got into a uh, pissing contest with my line coach. He and I did not get along. And even though I was a starter, I didn't like him. I nearly got into a fight with him in the game. And uh, then I went to Landry after the season and told him I wanted to 
make a change and play defense after being a starter, which you don't do in the NFL. Right. And, uh, and so he said, I have to come in early. So I went in early and then I injured myself. I pulled a hamstring and then the trainer had a new theory that you stretch it out. And he tore the hamstring. So I couldn't do anything. And then they got, then they cut me. So that went after, because of that, when I came back in the game, I, I was a different animal. I knew that I had to protect myself and that I knew that I, I couldn't, uh, rely upon the team to cover to, be, uh, to take care of me so i started working and developing a business on the side and uh and i accidentally got into the insurance business not because i wanted to because a friend of mine suggested it as a, something as a means and uh and the idea of selling life insurance didn't really appeal to me that thought was really <laughs> sort of tough you know how do you talk about death you know and all that stuff well, uh, I went to a, they give you a school and they teach you how to do it. And anyway, I became pretty good at it. But then when I got released by the Cowboys, it became a full-time job for me. And then I really dug in and then I decided to stay in it. And by the time I re got to uh, the 12 years and 10 years with the Redskins, I was making three times as much money in my insurance business that I was in football. Wow. So it was a very easy transition for me to move right. straight on into uh, my insurance business. Whereas most of the guys, 90% of them are really bankrupt right. and, don't and don't have a degree. That's what's so crazy about the NFL. And those statistics are still very valid. Oh, I, I, that, that's part of what we, we were talking about, uh, grammatical uh, mistakes by an all-star quarterback. Uh, the other day was part of Will Stick. And I think... Because in those days, uh, athletes were scholar athletes. You had to go to school, but yeah, you, you weren't getting these free rides in school. At least I don't think as much as we, we see now. We're seeing kids who graduate uh, major universities get into the NFL, and it's it's quite apparent that they didn't really learn anything in universities. They were right. they were just you know given a a free pass and and, and getting grades that to pass them and all that kind of stuff. But th that's. Because you brought up you were making more than you were as a lineman in the NFL. Uh, salaries were different then, too. I mean, oh, so. Yeah, a lot lower. So, yeah, so so that's possible. Is that still possible, you think, for somebody to make as much or more in selling insurance than in, in their NFL career today? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I think today, yeah. I don't know if I, you know, although, you know, everything is relative. Uh uh, there, there was big money to be made in the insurance business. Right. Uh, and there's still big money to be made in the insurance business. If you do the right thing, I mean, you got to find a niche that's very unique and special. Yeah. Uh, but today, you know, the money in, in professional athletics is huge. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and so when they sign these agreements, these bonuses for, you know, just to sign and, or they stay for a couple, two or three years, you can sock away a lot of money. Uh, you know, a quarter million dollars, half a million. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, in on relative terms, when I was playing, uh, two hundred. I mean, a fifty thousand dollars salary would be equal to a quarter million dollars in that period of time. Right. So everything was sort of it's sort of the same thing. Uh, it's, it's 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 a little more dramatic today because everything is so public. Uh, back right. when I played, it, it wasn't. Uh, but I, I knew I needed to, because I got cut early, uh, 
Uh, and when I came back in the game, I, I got released by, by Dallas. I signed it. I signed with green Bay with Lombardi, which was crazy. Wow. And, and, and I demanded a no cut contract and they gave it to me, but then they traded me to the Browns. Then the Browns released me. And then, and then, uh, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And then I got on the phone and I ended up with the Redskins and played 10 years with them. But you know, the idea that you had some permanency and protection, it was, it wasn't there. So, you know, $15,000 back then was like 150,000 today. Right. You and know, so there was no players union that, uh, well, there was a players yeah, union, but it wasn't as strong as it is today where they have uh, retirement and, and, you know, those kind of packages that would protect you for life, especially from head injuries and stuff like that. Things were very insecure. Well, you had, you, you had, the only protection you had, you had to file a lawsuit or, or the team was generous or you, you had a, a serious and major injury, but, but really, I mean, you were on your own. I mean, when I tore my, my hamstring with the Cowboys, I told, uh, you know, Tech Schramm, who was uh, the general manager, you know, I said, I got an injury here. He said, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you can't let me. He said, yes, we can. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question that you, you might get offended by, <laughs> but I have to ask. My father was a bookmaker, a gambler, and lived, we lived by uh, the point spread, the point spread and stuff. And he was, my father was sure that there were times when point spreads came into factors of how players were playing on the field games were fixed according to point spreads can you address that for, for me and my brother i i was not a gambler uh i played 12 years i never sensed that there was any any reason to either not score or to score right uh I think the line maker, the people who make the line are just that good that they can figure it out. Well, you know, the they, they have to analyze. You know, it's, it's the same thing that, that every week we have to analyze the team that we're playing. Right. We do this thing. You know, we have tons of information, movies, films that we watch. I mean, I was a, I was a student again because I had to play every position. I was a backup for every position on the line. So I had to study endlessly. So uh, I knew so much about these teams because in the game, Somebody with the, the right tackle, I'll be playing the left guard. And suddenly the coach comes in, you got to go play right tackle. I said, what's wrong with the right tackle? I go down there and the guy's got his thumb all smashed up, you know, and he can't talk. I said, what's wrong, George? He said, ah! I said, well, that's nothing, man. The bone is sticking straight up. I mean, straight out of his thumb. He's got, he got two thumbs, you know. he got a bone and he's got oh. a thumb. I said, George, just tape it up. Wow. And he said, he said, George, do you take drugs? <laughs> oh, my said, God. No, I don't take drugs. Wow. I said, well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so then I had to go out there and take his play. But anyway, uh, so look, that, that's the era that I come from. So it's, it was a, a different time. Uh, yeah, a total different time. And I get it. Uh, and things are, are – are, and more NFL players are, are more – a-list celebrities than they've ever been. I mean, in those days, they weren't like Hollywood celebrities. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see necessarily all football players, you know, dating the, uh, the you know, the biggest pop singer and that kind of stuff. Well, you, you, she had a couple, maybe a few, but not many. You had Don Meredith, who was with the Cowboys. You know, right. he was Dandy uh, Don. Dandy Don. You know, he was a hot hot dog. He was a, 
he was a fun, fun guy. And, right. and he loved life. Uh, he was a sweetheart. Uh, but you had other guys, you know, for the most part, it was, uh, you know, a, a ball buster kind of operation. Right. Uh, let me ask you about, because being with the, you know, in the division you were in, uh, Giants, Cowboys, Redskins, Eagles, uh, rivalries, and guys who were your main nemesis. Did you have those steady, you know, oh, I got to face so-and-so this weekend, and it's going to be, you know, a war between me and him. Did you have those kind of relationships? I I, I had that kind of relationship with Bob Lilly, who was uh, this Dallas very Cowboy. famous, uh, unbelievably great, talented defensive tackle for the Cowboys. I also had it with uh, a couple of the other people on the line, Jethro Pugh and on, uh, George Andre and Leroy Jordan, who is the middle linebacker, uh, because I played for them. I played right. with them, and and uh, and then I played against them for ten years. Wow! So we we went at it really big time. And uh, Lily was—he never said anything. He was just like a big cat. He was strong as hell, and he would—he could grab you so quick and throw you. But I, I. <laughs> I studied him so hard, and uh, and so I would back off because he would line up as close as he could, and, and within a second, when you moved, he could grab you. And once he grabbed you, he would throw you as quick as he could. He was so strong in his upper body. So I, may, I pulled back a yard from line so he couldn't grab me as quick. And then just as he lunged out to grab me, that's when you had to hit him. Yeah. And if you timed it right, you could hit him and take him right down the line. And or um, where I was playing left guard, I'd take him to the right, and my center was laying there, Len Haas. He would be very low, and just as Lily grabbed me and tried to go to the inside, Len would come in and hit him right in the knee, and he'd go straight up in the air. I mean, his back legs would go straight up, and then he'd come down on his head. And you would think that would stop him. But he would do that every <laughs> time. To be, I mean, he would come flying. I mean, it was crazy. But, I mean, those are the kind of things you have to try to figure out. The other kind of guys, uh, like Jim Kanicki, who was this big-ass defensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns, you'd line up on him, and his first play was a slam of forehead, right forearm, right into your face. Just wow. boom! And you go rocking back, <laughs> and he'd look at you and he'd call you, you know, you motherfucker, you better, I'm going to kill you. I said, don't ever do that again, buddy. And then the next play, of course, Boom! I go rock him back again. And when, as I go back, and I tell you, I grab his face mask, and I tell you the story. Before, boom, I start really tearing his face up. I said, Jim, you want to keep doing this? Now, they throw flags, and the refs are screaming, and everybody's saying, God, stop that shit, you know, blah, blah, offsetting. And I said, we'll do it every play if you want to, buddy. And suddenly, he gets message. But, you, you know, you got you, you got a deal. There's just a lot of guys. I tell you, the guy that was really crazy was Lyle Alzado. I don't know if you know that name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was with Denver. And uh, so he tells uh, Monday night guys back then, it was Cosell and Meredith and Griffin, right. uh, Frank. How Frank he's going to tear me up. And, uh, and somebody tells me about it. He says, yeah, Lyle Alzado is going to rip you a new one, man. You better get your ass ready for Monday night. So we get out there. Anyway, he's not in there. He hadn't gotten in there one time. And uh, so I'm standing there, and we're like in the third or fourth quarter, and we're ahead. And I'm looking at him like, you dumb shit, you know? And he just hauls off and slugs me. Just, I mean, just 
damn hits me in the face. So anyway, I mean, I leap at him, you know, and grab him. And I started doing my thing, you know, just banging him in the face. And we're just going crazy. And, uh, and so they break us up, offsetting penalties, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts yelling to everybody on his side, get shonky. Get, okay. He's telling the guy down the road, the get shonky, get shonky. So what's his number? Wow. 62, get 62. And then my teammates say, yeah, 62, that's him. He's down there. Go get him. Oh, my God. Three, three you know, I, luckily, we were winning the game. <laughs> and then when they said that, Alzado so I, was one of those first guys who kind of made a. He had a, a w uh, a wrestling mentality, and he kind of went into the movies as a bad guy. You know that kind of image for yeah. a while. So, I but mean, uh, he died of uh, liver disease. For, I think liver disease. He had, for, a, he had a tragic. He had a tragic uh, period. Uh, yeah, he was he was uh, one of the first guys using steroids, right? Or, or... Yeah, he was he, he really uh, I forgot what drug he, he was taking, but it it really you know uh, put him away. Yeah, uh, that that was the era when that was really just first starting out the uh, performance enhancing chemicals and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. but anyway, he uh, uh, he was we became friends actually afterwards, but. Uh, during that during that game, it was a it was a ball buster. Wow, um, uh, and we're running short on time here. I want to know how you transitioned from football to business to political activism. Uh, how did that How did that happen? Well, political activism actually started when I was playing football. I mean, I I, I uh, I'm part of Hawaiian, and so I've always uh, been on the more on the liberal side, uh, democratic. Uh, I got involved in campaigns. Uh, I got involved in inner city programs. Uh, uh, racism became an issue because I'm I'm brown, uh, Hawaiian, but uh, I'm not white. And uh, and the guys used to say, you know, Shonky, you know, you're you're not white. <laughs> so wow. the black guys would say, no, no, remember, you're not white. Uh, you're brown, but uh, you can hang around. But anyways, you know, so I became very sensitive to those issues. And so I, I became an activist when I was playing. I got involved in campaigns. Uh, I worked very hard for George McGovern because I was against the war in Vietnam. I wasn't against wars. I was against that war. Uh, and uh, and so I worked very heavily. Uh, and to the chagrin of my head coach, uh, George Allen, who was very close to Nixon at the time, he couldn't believe that I would be campaigning against his friend, Richard Nixon. Right. So when Nixon came out to have his picture taken with the team and all the guys were excited and everybody's cheering, suddenly I disappear. Wow. <laughs> and so, I refused to have my picture taken with him. And uh, God damn, wow. I mean, I got holy hell for that one. I could imagine. Yeah. the pre uh, Was he already president running a, for yeah, a second Yeah, he was term, president. Right? He yeah. was the president. The, the big deal was the president's coming out <laughs> to work out. To right. watch to come yeah. and visit the team, and everybody was excited except me. <laughs> wow. And suddenly, when he comes, he comes up and they said, "Okay, everybody get together. We're going to have a picture with him." And so everybody, all the guys, run up there. You know, they're all sitting, and and I just slowly slink off, and I go to the locker room. Wow. And uh, and then they found out about it. Like we're shocking. Then 
my line coach said, how dare you disrespect our commander in chief? And I said, I thought that was my right. Uh, he said, right. no, it Amen. isn't. Amen. Yeah. No, Amen it isn't. And, uh, and then my head coach, George Allen, called me in his office and said, how dare you, wow. dare you do that? That You know, that's my friend. I said, uh, I apologize to you, but I did not mean it to be disrespectful to you, but I don't, do not like what he stands for. And I feel I have that right. And I turn and walk out. And yeah. I thought I was done. I figured they're going to get rid of me. Yeah, I would have got cut. I would have yeah. got cut because I would have said he's not my friend. Yeah. <laughs> he's your friend. Well, he's you know, so friend. I walked out. So, you know, and and uh, I thought I was just just a matter of time. I told, I told my family to get ready. They're going to cut me. My name's going to be in the paper. And I told the kids, you know. <laughs> Kids are going to start making fun of you. Daddy's going to be <laughs> right. pictured on the front page of the sports section. Shonky cut, you know. Uh, yeah. But they didn't. I'm glad that didn't happen. Then we were in the playoffs, and I had two great games in the playoffs. And the next year, when I came time for my contract, I went into them and said, I ain't playing unless you give me a guaranteed contract. And I told that to Coach Allen. I said, I'm not going to play. You know, you saw what kind of guy I am. You know what kind of person I am. And if you want me to play for you, I want a guaranteed contract. Wow. Otherwise, for, uh, you know, it's over. The yeah. day before camp started, I get a call from his uh, his secretary. She said, "You want? Can I read you a, a little letter here? We need your contract." It says, "I, George Allen, head coach, general manager of the Washington Redskins, guarantee to you your contract for the coming season." Wow. I'm on my way. And he gave it to me for the next three years. Every year I, I, I plan. So he stood up for me. And once he realized that I could stand up for him and I played for him, I did anything he wanted. I played a lot of positions. I, I, I try to become a leader for the motivation for the team. And then uh, he called me aside one time. He said, guess what? He said, I'm going out to have dinner with George McGovern. I said, you got to be kidding me. Wow. He said, I'm actually going to give him season tickets. <laughs> did he do a complete flip-flop Yeah, he did a complete flip-flop, you know? Right. And I said, hey, well, power to you, coach. Go for it. Right. Well, you know, I, so it's, you know, it's it, it, the time when, when I thought I was done. Right. It was all over. My career's gone. I tell my kids, you know, right. you, you know, and I tell my wife, I said, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go back to summit insurance. That and, is uh, a, a microcosm of the story here is standing up for yourself has definitely proved to be the, uh, a recurring <laughs> lesson for you. And and it yeah. works out for the best. So, uh, can can I you. ask one question? Sure. I, I'm, I'm very curious you, about You know, this. if you permit him, yeah, I'll let the man say whether or not you can your, ask a question. With your connection to George McGovern, how, how much time have you spent in South Dakota? <laughs> I only spent time in South Dakota when I went out there to go hunting, I love to hunt. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. so I went hunting pheasants out there in yeah. the grass. I think this is where Cheney shot that guy. Actually, it's a it's a good hunting destination. Yeah, well, I don't know oh, that's that. where Cheney shot his friend in the face. There, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty he, sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure that happened yeah, here. He didn't. Dakota, I forgot yeah. how how there was an accident for some reason. He yeah yeah. But anyway, okay. no, I, I I was a hunter. I I I. As a Hawaiian kid growing up in Texas, there weren't any Hawaiians in Texas. There were a bunch of Indians, so I became an Indian. 
sure. So yeah. I started replicating yeah. what Indians did. So I got into hunting and tracking and, you know, laying out in the, in the woods, you know, all that stuff. And I, I really embraced it. And I read all the books about Indians because I thought I was an Indian until I got to Hawaii. When I got to Hawaii, <laughs> I became a lot better being a Hawaiian than an Indian. I tell you that right, right now. Yeah. You know, uh, the beach and surfing is a lot better than freezing your ass off in the in the winter. Right. You uh, you mentioned George Allen. And, and, and you know what? Not many, uh, I don't even think that this happens at all anymore, general manager and head coach, right? I don't I don't know if any. I think uh, Parcells tried to do that, and they wouldn't let him or something with New England, or maybe it was the Jets. With, with the Jets. Well, the Bears did it for a long time. Yeah, but so, but the, what what occurred to me because you mentioned Lombardi, uh, George Allen, uh, Landry. These are some really powerful mentors, and 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 uh, so the the coaches that you you played on. Did you play on the Gibbs, Joe Gibbs? I didn't play on the Gibbs. I knew Gibbs. I did. Uh, I didn't know him well, but I knew him. Uh, uh, the uh, the importance of those kind of people in your life. Did did they have a significant? Uh, impact on your life they, tremendous teaching. impact uh, uh just you know both good and bad uh landry i i felt was brilliant but he was cold right. very impersonal and uh and so therefore you know you were a commodity he never really built a very close relationship right uh lombardi built close relationships but he was a tyrant i mean yeah. he was so uh Tough. <laughs> Bipolar. I mean, he he would just be like, like when when I've got, if he did anything wrong, it would be like, Shonky, God damn you, what the? Sh-? And you know, he'd be just screaming at you, um, Shonky, that is a goddamn bad block. I'm the worst I've ever seen. You know, it goes on and on. But then he'd turn around and say, Shonky, that's a great block, greatest block I've ever seen. You know, so you you had this constant. Going back and forth, uh, but he was such an, a motivator and such uh, uh, he was unbelievable. And he had winning teams. And and uh, and then George Allen was was totally different. He was just meticulous and and spent hours and hours. And he, he good at selecting his uh, players. So you had all these great coaches, all very different, but all right. very successful. Yeah. You know, somebody should write a book on on the great coaches and their personalities and all that stuff. Lombardi was, I think, ruled by emotion. He, he reminded me a lot of my father because my father was like that, too. He was the kind of guy who would uh, say the meanest, most horrible things and then the most complimentary and and uh, positive things to you all in the same day or sometimes within just in two breaths. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, when, when, when Lombardi would walk up and, and, and start rubbing my shoulders, say, Ray, I'm so proud of you, you know. Right. And I didn't know <laughs> whether to, yeah. to let him keep, to keep doing it or say, get your goddamn hands off me. You know, but he was such a uh, uh, contrast, you know. But I, I, I adored playing for him, and I became his best lineman, you know. Wow. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure to, to uh, meet you and, and learn from you here today. The name of the book is Fat Girl Sings. It's uh, available on Amazon right now. There's a link in the description there. Uh, it's a really, uh, it sounds like an important read, especially, you know, for anybody who's got kids who are being bullied or if you are a youngster in, in, yeah. in, in uh, old enough to read a book like this junior yeah. high school or, or high school level and dealing with something like that, 
important lessons for people. So I appreciate you coming on. I, I wish you great success with the book. I, I appreciate it very much. And All I right. thank you. Thank you for being here and have a great day. And if you are so inclined, please come back sometime. I, I, I love I'd love to. to. Please. All right. Invite me back. I'll come back. Great. Cool. Have a good day. Bye for now. Same to you. Bye-bye. Ray Shunky, folks. Uh, hey, you're on the wrong side. Get on the right side. There you go. I don't, you know, you know, I don't control this. I don't know why you yell at me. <laughs> well, you could do that. You could do that. You could actually I can? swipe. I don't yes. You you know, you, you, no try to swipe me over. Me. Try to swipe me over. Go ahead, swipe me like over. Like just touch the screen. Yeah, and grab it over. Oh it my God, work. that does work. Yeah, Whoa, see that. What? Now fix it. <laughs> fix it. Now Put me back where it. I belong. I'll do it. Oh, there you go. I did it. I did it already. So that, that uh, is, you know, wow. You know what's going to be a great amazing. Clip? Yeah. The best part of that is when he robust laughed in my face when I asked about salaries and that, and how things have changed. Right? Right. Could, George, <laughs> could you make that much? And he laughed like, <laughs> look at that idiot. Yeah. You, yeah. you believe this yeah. question is idiot just that? It was funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, that was so much fun. I'm, uh, I'm sure the listeners enjoyed and the viewers. Yeah, uh, you know, cool, cool insight there. I, again, um, you know, I, I, this whole week has been a very weird week for me. But this idea of that nothing, I don't believe in coincidence anymore. I mean, I've seen some, but the lessons here, and uh, you know, because a lot of this week has been talking about bullying and and that kind of stuff, and and how you deal with it. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, no, I really want to send him pain. The because pain is an anti-bullying song because bully dude bullying is a big deal because it sticks with you for a long time like your whole like, life yeah yeah forever you know like like you know I had to come to a place where I realized I'm never going to stop hearing that stuff but I just gotta not you know what I mean it's not I have to know that it doesn't have value you know what I mean. Now, when Gibbs came to talk to you, to you, did, did, was any of that about that or about bullying or, or when Joe? Gibbs... I don't. It wasn't okay. So I, because uh, I thought about it a little bit more. Um, the book that he gave everybody was called "A Game Plan for Life," um, and it was, you know, uh, and you know, it was uh, very Christ-centered, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, because it was a church event that they put on. Um, and so I think it was just, uh, more so of, you know, if you, if you live your life in a, in a good uh, Christian manner, I didn't realize he was a evangel evangelical. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was more, yeah, it was definitely more Christian based than anything for sure. Wow. Uh, interesting stuff there. Uh, we're going to take a short break and then, uh, when we come back, do you, are we doing news or, uh, I I, no, I don't you, have, I don't, I don't oh, have it. You didn't do your homework. You showed up late and you didn't do. That's fine. That, no, you actually did do your. You did do. I know. You did do your homework. I told you that audio piece didn't need to be done overnight. You sent me one this morning, and I appreciate it. I like to be it. quick. I like to be quick. But if, if if you if it's not good enough, and you want me to do it again, you want me to do it better. I'll I'll, I'll do sure. it again. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, we got to find it is out. Like right at a minute, because like I think it, it, the file is a minute and a second but i think there's a second like a second you can cut in the beginning before i start talking yeah we have we like have new right sponsors 
for people who are in the audience, we have new sponsors coming on. One of them is uh, Creative Live, and it is uh, for anybody who wants to learn anything or improve their skills in creativity from photography to music production to graphic arts, any of those for applicable business school uh, skills for creative people. It's going to be, uh, I think, a, a really invaluable resource, and I hope people will uh, patronize them. And you know what? Not just necessarily for business, for you know, spiritual and whatever fulfills you in the creative arts. I mean, we all we can all use to learn from from some of that. Right. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Uh, you know what? Every day I screw this up with here. Here it is, Green Space. Today we are. Uh, uh, sponsored by Greenspace Li at greenspaceli.com. Go there. Uh, the leader in CBD health and wellness. Seeing on coffee with the dog. That's us. Uh, that right now, if you go there, you uh, tell them Mind Dog sent you, and they have uh, special discounts for you on that greenspaceli.com. And uh, we will be, as I'm saying, damn, we got to learn to push these right buttons here. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break, and we'll be right back. That's what I want. There you go. Hey, yeah, mind dog, yeah, yeah, mind dog. If you're ready for some action, this dog sure to keep you laughing. Let's go, mind dog, yeah, yeah, mind dog. Don't roll, don't play fetch, only here to keep your interest. Uh, this is the show that you've been missing. Full of comedians and musicians, plenty of interviews, entertaining. Keep it funny, there ain't no debating. Uh, call the man, uh, you never know what they're gonna say. Be Flicker Kelly and Whiskey Dick Willie Conway. <laughs> so authentic and straight raw, pushing the limits when they talk, doing it live when they stream. Mind Dog TV, yeah, so crazy, getting intense. The dogs are wild, better beware before you hop over the fence. <laughs> Mind dog, yeah, yeah, mind dog. If you're ready for some action, this dog sure to keep you laughing. Let's go, mind dog, hey, mind dog. Don't roll, don't play fetch, only here to keep your interest. Let's go, come have coffee with the dog. Oh, yeah. So, um, by the way, uh, <laughs> that's you, Whiskey Dick Willie Conway. They say your name. You're muted again. Somehow the videos, I guess because you're on the phone there. Uh, yeah, now you remuted yourself. It's just one touch. Just one touch. Nice and easy. There you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I try and let it do it. I, it doesn't unmute me, I guess. I know. Yeah. That's it's weird because uh, it doesn't do that on computers. At least I don't think it does. Uh, it doesn't say to people who are in the room. Or as soon as the video stops, you're unmuted. It mutes you automatically while the video is playing. Uh, cool stuff there uh, with Ray and the book. Uh, you know, book's available now. I'm going to get the book. I got a lot of books to catch up on now. Uh, too too many authors in the last two weeks that I've promised to read the books from, and now I got to read like five. <laughs> seven books <laughs> on my on my list and this happens to me i have a stack there of inter from interviews i've done where people have sent me their books that i still haven't gotten around to them from like a year ago so so uh, why don't you like because uh, you drive to like your gigs and stuff right yeah audio books don't do it for me man i got i mean i i can listen to an audio book but it's not the same you don't get the i don't get the same experience out of it 
mean, you're right. It's not the same. It is different for sure. Yeah, I don't. I, mind. I prefer them. I prefer them. That I like them a lot more, actually. Yeah. Well, I don't like them a lot more. I don't. I do both. I mean, I will read a book first and then listen to the audiobook. I didn't ask Ray if that book, if he's done an audiobook for uh, Fat Girl Sings. Anyway, um, I started the program talking about Diane Feinstein. You, this is not political, but Senator Diane Feinstein passed away uh, last night at the age of 90. Now, she had been suffering from severe cognitive decline for a long time and right. didn't, she thought she was working for two months while she was out sick and she swore she was working every day should have given it up a little bit early this is a it's a tough thing for me particularly it's on my mind today because i'm going to, to perform for a lot of people who are in the same boat but they are institutionalized it's like right. when do you step down because it's such a hard decision to make right to say yeah. i'm done uh i'm just gonna go you know yeah what do you do well, play shuffleboard <laughs> Right. Even so, the boss we had when we were the groundskeepers at the rodeo grounds in New Mexico, I mean, that woman was in her 90s. She was, she's 94 out there trying to clean stalls and stuff, you know, and you can't, and she's, she's the type of, she's the type of little old lady that you can't, you can't even tell her to stop because she well, won't. I you think know what I mean? that physical life will will definitely keep you sharper as long as you're doing something you know the senators and and congressmen they, yeah, have, a very, they have a very sedentary life for the most part it's uh, sitting True. sitting there and uh arguing and all that kind of stuff it's funny you oh know, believe talking. me she's slipping those too <laughs> i mean don't don't think she's all wit <laughs> oh no no no, she did say that she got. She did say that she got uh, sixty nine at uh, from the Napa store, and I was like, "Miss, what do you?" Because I went out one morning, uh, you know, because she pulls up, and so I go to check in. Hey, how's it going? Said, well, I went and got. I went and did it now. I got sixty nine at the Napa store, and I was like, "Say what, Miss Jamie?" You know? And she goes, Yeah, I went in there yesterday and I was trying to return this battery and they wouldn't do it. And I started raising the fuss and they 69 me. And I said, What did she oh mean by that? Did, did you ever get to the bottom of what she actually meant by 69? Yeah, what she meant is she got 86 and 86. she just didn't know any better. Oh, you gotta get your numbers right. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! See now that um, I don't mean to be one of these people, but you need to work that into the the comedy. Uh, I do, I do. Oh. I've done it. I've done it on stage, of course. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I am a professional. <laughs> well, that's where I was going with this. What What do you got coming? You got stuff this weekend. You want to promote tonight's this? The big, uh, tonight's the big show. We got the big show at the Icon, uh, and it's a late show, which is nice. A downtown late show. The doors are at nine. The show is at nine thirty. I'm hosting it. Preston Williams, who has been on the show a couple of different times, I think. Uh, Preston is featuring, and we have Alex Hooper from America's Got Talent, who is, uh, he just landed about 20 minutes ago in Sioux Falls. It sounds like you're saying Alex Cooper. Alex Alex Hooper. Hooper, Hooper with an H. Hooper. Alex Hooper. 
Cooper. Who? Yeah. Okay. Who? Because it, it sounded like you were saying Alice Cooper. I was like, he's been around a lot. You know, you're, I guess. Yeah. I I will. Ha- I guess I have to enunciate a little better because you are not the first person to say that. To me. I'm deaf. First of all, you have to understand how deaf I am. I really am deaf. I mean, not just hard of hearing. Totally stone cold deaf. <laughs> I, ha- I can have, and I told the story back 30 years ago. I was laying on bed with the old fashioned rotary phones sitting on my chest, and my girlfriend said, Are you going to answer that? I was like, and you didn't know it was ringing? No. Oh, man. No. Uh, I've been, you feel, how did you not feel the vibration? That's, I don't I know. I mean, really. I live uh, for so these headphones are turned up so loud. That's how I really I get most of my information is through vibrations. You know, we should do an episode where we compare audiograms. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure if I went to an audiologist, it would flatline. It's like, oh, you're dead. You died. No, 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 I mean, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Like I've seen, dude. The last one I had was not good, and. My hearing has definitely gotten more sense than you can ask my wife. <laughs> yeah, the last, last one I had, you know, they do that thing where raise your hand when you hear the tone, and I'm just sitting there, and she goes, she's looking at me. Like, right, right, yeah. You don't yeah. hear that at all? <laughs> I thought, well, when, when do we what? start? When do we, uh, oh, it started? <laughs> it started 10 minutes we ago. We did the whole test already. <laughs> Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, so this whole enunciating thing and people thinking I'm saying Alice Cooper, I shit you not, the other day I was telling somebody about the show and I said the headliner is going to be Alex Hooper and they thought I said Alex, uh, Alice Cooper and they immediately, like their face lit up and they're like, oh my God, dude, for real? And they hugged me, like they <laughs> hugged me like real tight and they're like, that's fucking amazing. I can't believe you're opening for Alice Cooper. And I was like, um, no, no, okay. Man, that felt really good and not so good very quickly. So hang on. No, it's not it's not Alice Cooper. I enjoy your enthusiasm. Uh <laughs> I have no. I have some uh, you know, uh six degrees of separation there with Alice Alex Alice Cooper, friends of who are friends with him, but uh, that his guitar player Ryan—I can't think of Ryan's last name now—but I call him Ricky Roachcliff. He's badmouthed me a couple of times on his podcast for uh, for some reason. He's got a, uh, a hard on for me, and I don't know why. Uh, he brought me up. He had Stanhope on, and, and he brought me up a couple of times in that conversation. Like Stanhope wasn't there to—he was there to talk about Doug Stanhope. And this guy's right. bringing up Matt Napo to him. And, like, you could see that Stanhope. Was he talking was about your with... obsession with Doug Stanhope? No, he was talking. Well, he first brought it up uh, as they were talking about continuity and, like, why Stanhope drinks out of a solid cup like that. Because in a glass, you could, if they have to edit, you could see the difference in, in what you drank if you're in a clear glass. But if you have a cup like right. this, you can edit and nobody knows that, you know, the. The different and the guy said, You don't That's notice smart. that Matt That's Napo, so he's re- he's really obsessive about that. Matt Napo, and like, what are you bringing me up for in that conversation? And then a couple of you know, he just kept bringing me up, like, What, why? Why? <laughs> uh, that is interesting, that is very interesting, yeah. Uh, so but uh, Alice, how long cool, ago was that? Probably a year and a half ago, two years, something like that. Huh. Uh, 
And I, I wrote to him. I said, why, why do you feel compelled to discuss me with Doug Stanhope? Like, that, there's no... <laughs> and uh, I never heard back from him on that, but uh, the, the episode's still up there if anybody wants to check it out. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you should. Because he right. probably he probably said some negative shit about me. I don't remember exactly what it was. Alice, oh. Alice Cooper, Joe, uh, used to hang out at my uh, friend's place uh, back in the drug days, and there was a lot of you know, a lot sure, of sure. that stuff going on. And everybody knew him, and there was like, and I always used to, I was, uh, people say, why are you so negative about him? I said, I don't know what his big hits were. School's out forever. What else? Uh, no more, Mister Nice Guy. Better I males. mean, I fucking, I'll jam out to that fucking. So but that was times. almost fifty years ago, right? I mean, I that don't was. Care. It's fucking awesome. I know, <laughs> but now he's still playing. I mean, I get it. It was awesome then, but would you go see him? I mean, in a stadium now by, like, it's not like the I'm, rock I'm gonna star. tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. If I had a chance at Alan Stupid ticket, and I did not take my wife, she would murder. I'm I'm gonna tell you that for a straight fact. That that would happen for real. If my wife knew that I could get Alice Cooper tickets and didn't take and didn't like uh she 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 yeah, no, I'd I'd find me in the desert somewhere. Or no, you'd probably find my teeth or something uh somewhere around some pigs is actually I'm pretty wow. sure if I ever get murdered by her, that's what's gonna happen. Um, um, my pigs. You think pigs would? But eat I, you? I wouldn't do something that dumb. You know what I mean? Like you think I know pig, her so well. You think pigs would eat you? Uh, if Danica wanted me to die, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she she told me how many times that she grew up on a farm in Nebraska. And, you know, I mean, pigs are um, I pigs are omnivores and they will eat anything. But I don't think they'd eat you. They take because they, they know I mean, you. I just think she's seen Hannibal too many times. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, she really, she really likes thrillers. You a fan That's, of Bo, uh, Bo Burnham? Bo you, Burnham. Are, you don't know Bo? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Is that the original Jason? No, Bo Burnham is a kid, a comedian. Uh, he's not a kid anymore. He he was very successful at like twenty and hanging with uh, like major comedians. He's a songwriter, singer, comedian, and he does like uh, like really funny songs and stuff. But he also does stand. Pull up a picture because I'm way better with faces. I don't think I can right now. I'll send you some stuff with him. But anyway, the reason I brought him up is uh, yesterday or the day before he he was doing a song. Uh, from the perspective of God, uh, and he, the song is what he said. Basically, the the, the chorus is, "You're not going to heaven. Uh, why do you think? What makes you think I'd want to kick it with you?" But no, oh my and, God, oh and, my God, <laughs> he, he, Dude, that's, he, a, that's a great perspective, right? And he's talking about perspective from God. He said, "Don't." Not rape because I tell you it's uh, because it's uh, I tell you I wrote down that it's wrong because he didn't write, you know, in the commandments it doesn't say thou shalt not rape. He goes, I guess I forgot to write that one down. But don't write, don't rape because it's not it's a, not a cool thing to do. Just don't be right. a dick. It's that simple. But then he right. goes, don't eat, don't not eat pork because I tell you it not to. He said, I fucking created the universe. You think I draw a line in the fucking deli aisle? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to eat pork? Eat pork. There's no fucking. Yeah. That's awesome. 
That's so I, 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 mean, uh, I just want to say here, that, do you see this? That my wife co-signed everything I just said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's fucking great. I'm glad my wife doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> I just want to put that on the record. My, my wife learned like five years ago not to listen to me on because on, she's like, she listened to like two shows and she's like, uh, I mean, that's not, not good for our that, relationship. Okay, so it's interesting <laughs> that you bring that up because I kind of, uh, I've kind of given her shit about not being into the stuff that I do, like she's not paying it because you know, and not that she doesn't pay attention or like she knows what I'm up to and what I'm doing and stuff, but like she, this is like maybe a, a handful of times that she's seen me, but she also wasn't always available either. Right. My wife hasn't come to uh, one of my shows in 13, 14 years, something like that. She came oh, I to love like, it when she comes to my shows. You do? I do. Hey, uh, I, I feel like it cramps my style. You not know, that I'm I, not a cheater or a flirter or any of that kind of stuff. I just feel like if she's there, I'm going to be concentrating on her and looking, making sure she's having a good time and all that stuff. And if she's not smiling, I'm going to get, get like all nervous like she's not having a good time and be thinking too much about her when my job is not – my job here right. is to make sure she's happy, not when I'm on so, stage. Right. I guess – so for me what it is, um, and I've told her this, that the way she looks at me when I'm on stage, like nobody, nobody else looks at me like that. And, uh, and it fills me with a confidence that, like, I have phenomenally better shows when my wife is around. And you got to put I that in a that. song, dude. You got to uh, write that down, what you just said, and put it in a song. That's a hit. It's a country song. You just, the way you look at me. Yeah. That kind of shit. You may, I mean, you it, just, and, and I mean, it, it does. And, and I mean, it affects me. I, I don't think I do as well when she's not around. I just don't. You know, uh, I, I have the opposite effect. I don't think I do as well when my wife is there. And not again, it's 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 in me because I'm too concerned about if she stops smiling for a second, I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well I guess I mean she doesn't she never stops smiling though. Like <laughs> when I'm up there, bro, like uh I'm sure her face hurts by the time I'm done. Because I don't know what it is. Like, when I get in that spotlight and she looks at me like that, it just, I don't know, it's different. You're making me wet. You're making me wet. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I, I'm finding you highly attractive now. Uh, with this ro <laughs> ro romantic side of Willie. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm not always an asshole. Uh, and I didn't say that. Let's let, let's not get carried away here. Uh <laughs> Next week, I've got a, 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 a jam-packed week again. Uh, i got to talk to you about Wednesday of next week. Um, okay. Tommy Chong is supposed to be on Friday. Cheech is not doing it next Friday. Okay. Uh, but Wednesday, we need to do something offline in the afternoon, taping something for the, oh. Tommy, Ch for the Tommy Chong thing on Friday. Oh, okay. If you're available, I just want to. Kinda... I will be because I'll be yeah. I'll be back in I'll be back in New Mexico by then. I I, I fly back uh, Tuesday morning. So. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, have Have you? Uh, you've never met Tommy, right? You've never You've never been on a program with him, have you? I don't believe that we've been on at the same time, though. No. So. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, if you want to do that Wednesday, we can definitely, that would be definitely cool to have you on with that. I'm kind of disappointed that Cheech isn't going to be on next week, uh, but it's not going to be as crazy as this week. Um, so that's it. That's, that's this week for you. What do you think? Was this a, uh, this was a crazy week, especially, uh, I mean, I'm sure it was fun for you. (laughs) I, I sent Carl. Uh, and add a picture of the advertisement that I see on Facebook for Magic Mushrooms. Uh, oh, right. You don't you don't see that stuff. I want to. Uh, no, I guess, I guess they feel like I already know. <laughs> <laughs> you already no, know. Um, but uh, but I they're a... selling it online and advertising it like it, it's legal everywhere. It, it's not legal everywhere, right? I mean, I, you know, I'll be honest. I don't know what I, you know, I didn't stop to look up the legalities of where it's legal, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's legal here, and I'm pretty sure it's legal in New Mexico because, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. It's all I don't, over. Right? I don't think it's legal in New York. I, I would have heard about it. Somebody would have said something. I'm not like I'm a mushroom head. Uh, uh, speaking of Carl, though, Carl said something head. about T-shirts. And, you know, I didn't even think about this, like, uh, but, uh, and I don't know, I've been saying it for years. Matter of fact, I started saying this when I went to treatment in 2001, because when you went around the group, you had to, like, identify yourself and and uh, say what your drug of choice was, and which I had never been asked that question at that point yet. And so uh, I said, <laughs> my drug of choice is more. And they said, more? What do you mean? Like morphine? I said, no, like more. Like whatever you got, give me more of it. (laughs) That's my drug of choice. (laughs) And so Uh, Carl said he wants to put uh, my drug of choice is more on some uh, t-shirts. We should totally make the app. Oh, I could could do that and put it in the store. Uh, We'll do that. We'll we'll definitely... kind of capitalize on that we'll put your we need to get a cartoon uh, image of you i'll work on that this weekend right uh this picture from yesterday at lunch uh is it there where is it you see that picture that is somebody else who's taking that picture i'm over on the right there in the diner by myself eating a hamburger a cheeseburger and Oh, it hasn't loaded? I, I apologize to everyone that's going to have to see my face real close here. Um, Who are we looking at here? Uh, we're looking at uh, six police officers staring at me while I eat lunch. Why? <laughs> why, bro? That, that was the question. Like, I mean, why am I that interesting? And they, they look like they're looking at me like, we should arrest that guy. Yeah, like, hey, isn't this the no-gooder we're looking for? <laughs> like, like, that's exactly what it feels like there. I have no warrants. I have nobody, you know, what the hell? Am, why am I that interesting to... And they're staring at me like I'm lunch to them. Like, like you know, it's... it's and I didn't, know, I didn't notice it because I was eating. I wasn't paying. But then somebody sent me that picture. They said, these... They're looking at you, dude. <laughs> this is funny, dude. Maybe you know. Maybe we're really popular with the with the New York Police Department. Maybe, 
maybe we have a lot of listeners and their fans and they just didn't know how to say how they didn't know how to approach the dog. They, they were nervous about coming over and asking for an autograph. That's it. That you're, yeah. you're definitely right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The NYPD, I, I they, think they were like, do we have probable cause? Can we? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I look like a criminal, but I'm not a criminal. I I don't break the law generally. Uh, dude, I look like a drug dealer all the time because I, I thought about it the other day because the not way yesterday. I dress, yesterday, you look like where's Willie? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Because I was wearing <laughs> that collared shirt, which is yeah. a rarity anymore. Right. Uh, I have a number of those. I have so many like polo, like collared shirts and stuff like that. Uh, I just, I, I'm a t-shirt guy. I'm comfortable in t-shirts. Wow. Uh, let but, me, um, let me... Go yeah. ahead. Keep talking. Keep talking. Oh, well, uh, I forgot what I was even saying. Oh, you talking about uh, yeah, looking I like a drug dealer. You know, I, I wear a lot of hoodies. I wear a hat backwards or, or, or like a beanie most of the time. And, uh, and I wear, and I, because I'm always traveling and I'm always bouncing around places. I usually have a backpack, you know, and uh, and I'm just like, God, dude, am I ever going to stop looking like a drug dealer? I'm fucking 42. I got to quit this shit, you know, like. Yeah. Bo Burnham. That's Bo Burnham. Oh, great. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whoa. American comedian and musician. Okay, yeah, I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely seen him, yeah. Check him out. I mean, he's, he's really funny, really funny. Uh, he's on... I first found out about him 10 years ago. He was on uh, Preventer's Green Room, and Gary Shandling was on. This is how long ago, because Gary Shandling's been dead for a while. But Gary Shandling was just dumping all praise on this kid like he was like the next coming of uh, the greatest comedian ever. And right. that that's when I got interested in him. And because he's in a room with guys who are in their 40s and 50s who have established careers, and here's a 20-year-old, and he, but he's being, he's like, I don't talk about myself on, on stage because nobody wants to hear the opinions of a 20-year-old kid, you know? I, I'm not full of myself. Like, and so that humility made me think, well, this kid, you know, he, he's got it going on. He's, he, well, I want to take him out of here. How do I take him out? Stop sharing. That's what I want to do. Anyway, check out Bo, Bo Burnham. Great stuff, and that song uh, from the perspective of God. He's got a lot of, lot of really cool, uh, interesting lyrical, uh, great songs. So, and funny. I song. mean, okay, so I I've thought about doing more music stuff for my comedy, but here's here's my here's my concern with that. If I do that, people aren't going to take my serious music seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, uh, especially cause like I did, uh, uh, parody of Lewis Capaldi's Someone You Love. Did you know that? Have you listened to that? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I have one parody song that I, you know, and I haven't, I, I didn't do it like, um, like it's not like I put anything out. Like I, I told people about what song I was singing but I didn't even do it over music. But I have done it over music a couple times on stage. But I worry about if I start doing parodies and stuff like that, will will people give credence to like the real the like the real music that I also yeah yeah uh, the, I can tell you that it's it's, like, a, yeah. it's a death trap once you do right. one yeah silly parody song that's what you're gonna be 
pigeonholed as. So right, and um, I definitely don't want that. That's the one thing I don't want more than anything else. The whole reason he, he doesn't out- do he doesn't do parody songs though. He does really intelligent. Uh, Ian saying, "Tell Willie to listen to this both song right. about the internet." His his lyrics are really not parody songs. They not at all parody songs. They right. are no, songs. I get what you're saying. Yeah. That make um, you think. There's another guy named uh, Jeffrey Eggleston, um, and he's got so he's got a song called "Jesus Was a Lady." Um, that like I didn't want to like like I was like okay like no matter what your viewpoints are, there's some things you just shouldn't do. Was my feeling when he when he got started with this song i i immediately felt like okay bro there there's just something that maybe maybe but like as the song progressed it fucking won me over and it's just a ridiculous song much like what i feel like you're talking about uh for both just, just the ridiculous jeffrey Eggleson. Jeffrey, you know what and it's, uh, jeffrey with a g uh, I forgot we have a, a piece to play today. I forgot. I apologize to GD about this. GD sent me a critical joke theory today. Oh. I don't know if, where the hell is it. I, I downloaded it because we're we're uh, Gubs is about up in two minutes. You know what? We'll, we'll probably uh, you know I'll play it on Monday. I'll, okay. I'll be more prepared on Monday. I I apologize for that. <laughs> a lot he going on a here. Great today. question in the chat today. That really got that really got uh, Ray going on some great stories. You know what? Um, what's funny is we just got a comment on the Rumble in the Rumble chat room, that, and uh, this this is the comment: zero comments. Hmm. What? Like zero comments? <laughs> like because on Rumble people don't comment a lot. We even though we get, and I think Rumble inflates views not or they count views differently. If somebody just scrolls past something and just sees right. it for a second, I think they count that as a view. So we'll see like views in several hundreds and no comments on it. And this guy's just, but he puts a comment in there, zero comments. So now that's the first comment is zero comments. Hmm. Go over to the yeah. YouTube. If you're still there, uh, pick kickboxer, P- PF kickboxer. Uh, if you're still over there, try us on YouTube if you want to see comments and stuff. There are people over there on Facebook. There's a bunch on LinkedIn. There's a bunch. We got we got some comments going on. It's just not. How, over our do room. we see all of them? Because I think I only see like the YouTube ones. I see. Uh, no, I I see Facebook. I see LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, everything I have has a YouTube symbol next to it. Those are uh, the yeah. only ones I see. It's weird. Maybe it's the phone thing. Maybe it's the yeah, co-host sure it status. I should be getting the laptop. Um, I'm hoping so. I'm trying to. Uh, Preston actually said he might have an extra one because uh, they upgraded recently. So he's going to talk to his wife. Wow. Well, that would be cool. I gave one to Carl. Maybe I should have gave that to you, but you were in the freezer. <laughs> you were at the, in the freezer at the time. I was, I was in the freezer, and Carl no, I don't did think... ask probably about a thousand times. So, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think he's even using it. I think he's like decided that it's not for him or whatever. So. Get out of here. That's funny. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I can't get it back now. It's all the way across the pond. Anyway. No, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, and please don't ship it. God, I can only imagine how much that would cost. I do have extra computers, but I ain't shipping them to New Mexico. It probably cost me more than buying a new computer to ship these fucking. I have oh, like whoa. Mac towers and stuff like that. Like, right. That that right. shit ain't gonna work. Anyway, we'll figure something out eventually. But for now, you're relegated to the phone. 
Well, we got you on the phone. We're happy with that. Yeah. And it, it's time to say I goodbye. Can't wait until we have our own studio and we're like, you know, doing our thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have a studio I can use if we can get. Nobody's coming here for uh, to, to come all. It might you might as well go to uh, Grants, New Mexico. I mean, this place is so far out. Nobody comes to this part of the world. Nobody, even people who are in governors are like, where the fuck are you, Shoreham? Where the fuck is that? The people who live on Long Island don't know where this town is. That's that's how remote. It is. Uh, anyway, we should, it's time to say goodbye. You should sing sing the goodbye song. You know Carol Burnett goodbye song. Sing it. Go ahead. I do not know Carol. You know it. Come on, sing it. Go ahead. Don't act like you don't know it. You're acting like you don't know it. I have you know no it. idea what it is. Carol Burnett, goodbye song? Is it like goodbye for now or something? Like, I no, have no idea, bro. All I, right, I'll, I'll sing it. I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh and sing a song. Seems we just get started and before you know it comes a time we have to say so long. And then she play, she wicks her, wicks her ear. Yeah. And I think that thing with the ear was for her mother who was watching us some. No, right. like yeah, there, yeah, there was, yeah. So now you know it. Well, sing it. Go ahead. I just sang it for you. What? Go ahead. <laughs> I have to learn a song. I have to learn a song for Sunday. Give heaven some hell, because I'm playing a country gig, and, and apparently a bunch of guys who just lost one of their uh, bikers who just lost one of their uh, crew has died and they're coming and they want me to sing this song, give heaven some, some hell. It's kind of, are you familiar with the song by Hardy? I, I'm not, but it sounds cool already. I'm interested. It, it sounds cool, but it's not my reign. It's a difficult song for me to sing. So I've been practicing for a couple of days. Uh, hopefully I'll have it. My concern is, you know, they're coming to say a farewell to their right, friend. If, you watch it and if I fuck it, it, yeah, I yeah. could end up being yeah, singing. No, you have to I be singing that. that song about me. Two yeah. Days from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah. You better yeah. be good, boy. Right? Uh, no, uh, that's like no, and that's pressure, bro. That's I, that's a real pressure. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's not a big hit. I think on. Let me see on YouTube. It's only got like. Uh, only it's only got forty two million views. <laughs> oh, that's all. Just forty two million. Not this a song big hit. Sucks. Nobody likes it. <laughs> Nobody likes it except for those forty two million people. Uh, oh my god! Uh, yeah, Hardy is the name of the group. Give heaven some hell. Uh, if you can yeah, picture I'm me, look it up for sure. All right. Uh, all right. Get the hell out. Have a good day. Have a good gig tonight. Tell Alice Cooper you. I said school's out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and tell him to fuck his guitar player for me. Yeah, yeah Ricky Roach clip. Ryan Ryan Roti or something like that. I'm sure Alex Cooper will care about none of those things that you just said. I know, but no, you should talk to him like he's Alice Cooper and like, can I get your autograph and all that? I love when I, you did Schools Out. I, uh, when I get off here, actually, so uh, I'm going to be, uh, I got to try and get that GoPro. And I gotta get out to Supercon because we're uh, me and Alex Super will be at Supercon uh, during the day today. Uh, sometime I'm gonna try and take a nap because the show time is nine thirty, and there's certain drugs I don't do, and and I don't want to, you know, I don't no. want to run into a problem where I'm dragging ass at like eight thirty and somebody's like, hey, I can help you, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I need yeah. a nap eventually. 
All right. You know? well, yeah, go get a nap. But I would say really do it like a, let him know that you're just going to be fucking messing with him. But uh, do a piece like you're like a fan who thinks he's Alice Cooper. Okay, I will. I will ask him <laughs> if he's cool with that. Yeah. I, I will because that that could that he might see that as as a good stick. And by the way, I'm definitely going to try and uh, get him to come on the show and stuff. I know we're kind of booked up. For, where are we booked up to? Well, we have some time. Uh, actually, okay. Wednesday of next week would be a really good day uh, in in the morning. What do I have? I think we, we don't have a, a morning show for Wednesday. Somebody asked for a Wednesday the 4th, but I, I thought I confirmed it. But uh, we yeah. still have openings on Wednesday next week. Um, I don't want to do anything on yeah. Friday. That whole morning is going to be for Tommy. Um, sure, sure. And yeah. then the next one is October th- Friday the 13th. Also, before ooh, I let, ooh, bef- yeah, I got confirmation this morning. I uh, I don't know. Um, I can't look up the venue because it's on my phone. Uh, I I am confirmed at a venue, um, but I'm going to appear as Jason Voorhees and do like a 20 minute set as Jason Voorhees on Friday the 13th in Albuquerque. Wow, we have an, all, really all openings on in uh, Columbus Day, Indigenous Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, the ninth is wide open. We don't have anybody booked for that day, so that's always okay. a good one. If somebody wants to do that. Uh, but before I let you go, really quick, now we're going to say I know I've said we're going to say goodbye like fifteen minutes ago. I'm thinking of doing a thank. Last year we did an extended show on Thanksgiving. I w- I want to do like a potathon that's not a fucking fundraiser for somebody dying. Just a uh, general uh, long term podcast where we invite people on who've been on for the last year just to come on and say thank you. Around Thanksgiving, I want to plan some kind of extended thing. Maybe on Thanksgiving Day, as I get up at six a.m. to start cooking a turkey. Uh, and just make it along through the parade and football and all that kind of stuff and just give people pop-in permission. You know, send out the link to everybody. Just pop in and say hello for a few minutes to everybody who's been on for the last year, and that that would be a cool Yeah, because Thanksgiving is really a different holiday than it used to be. I I can attest to that from what I've seen. I have so many people in my life that don't do, like, the traditional family thanksgiving they do like friendsgiving they're usually meeting with a bunch of different people and stuff you know thanksgiving is really taking on a different shape in my opinion yeah so and it's a good chance to say for me to say thank you to everybody who supported the program and been on the program and you know so we did that last year and it was fun it ended up being about seven hours uh, but you know, we, I was we, part of that, right? Didn't we? And uh, we had Jess Paul on, like Jess Paul. We had yeah. Zach Wiseman, who was uh, probably, I don't know, on another yeah, planet. Yeah, what now. happened to him? I tried to get a hold of him. He didn't. I, he didn't message back. Yeah, Andy Andrus was on that morning. It, it was that was a fun uh, yeah. little thing. I think Jamie yeah. was even even popped in, and the English, the Welsh, don't necessarily even celebrate thanksgiving it's not a it's an american holiday why would they yeah (laughs) Yeah. all right i'm i'm putting you out and then i'm playing the song and then i'm going i gotta go play for the old folks at home all right right. see you later bye for now all right that's the show i should go I'm smoking pot 
I got my dick out and I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about you thinking about you uh and I'm not smoking pot but I don't and I don't have my dick out but I am thinking about you anyway have a great day thanks for coming don't forget to turn on your radio bye for now
listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.